2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to be probably somewhere around verses 7 through 16, something like that. But uh, we'll see what we, uh, how much time we have and where God leads us. Um, <laughs> I told Christy this morning I was nervous. Let's get this out of the way. I was nervous. She said, I just talked to him like, you, like you're talking to your people at work. I was like, you sure about that? <laughs> and then no, no, no further than, than I got from, from, from my house to over here, I heard this preacher on, on the radio. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be like an old farmer. Uh, just like the, the hen laying an egg beside the road, I'm going to lay it on the line, I'm going to lay it fast. That's what he said. <laughs> so, so I don't know how long or short this will be, but here's what I can tell you. Uh, I've kind of been reading this book, and, and, and I hope you have some kind of devotion time and something that's spurring you mentally uh, in your meditation daily, because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So our heart better be thinking in the right direction uh, on a daily basis. But, but, but I've been reading this book on being resilient, um, and, and I'm a little more informal. Is anybody, is anybody, somebody give me the definition of resilient. What does it mean to be resilient or resiliency? Does anybody know? Can anybody spell it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Being resilient. Well, basically, it, it's uh, the ability to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations or adversity. Now, for an object, it is the ability of that substance or object to spring back into shape once it's been really torqued on or bent up. Marty could probably tell us what resilient steel or metal is. I mean, the resiliency of it is very important. Now, this morning, we're not going to be talking about an object. We're going to be talking about us, our resiliency spiritually. Because we've all, look, we just had a long list of prayer requests, and we got to be resilient. We have to live resilient. And I think God's Word here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is going to give us the resources we need in God's Word to live a resilient Christian life. Now, I don't know about you, but I love a good story of resilience, whether it's a documentary. Hey, how many of you like to watch those documentaries of, of people that have just had terrible circumstances, but they overcome? Or, or an athlete that comes up with a severe injury, but he comes back and wins a championship. Or, or, or whatever the case may be. I, I love those. Those are inspiring to me. I don't know about you. Um, but here's the problem. I'm okay, and I love watching and reading those stories about those people. What about when you're that people? What about when we're the people that has to be resilient? And I think Paul and his co-workers are going to give us examples of exactly how you handle that this morning. You know, in our Christian walk, we expect our trajectory to be success, promote, healthy, stable. You know, but how many of you know that's not the case? Right? I mean, in this world, you will have, what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer. Because I've overcome the world. That's what Jesus told His disciples. Right before He told them, hey, there's some bad stuff going to happen in the previous verses. 
and I'm going to wave, and I'm going to leave you a comforter. Don't worry about it, but, but be a good cheer. In this world there's tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Resilience. It's, it's been said that life is 10% of what happens and 90% of how we react. Look, we know we've all been there. I can look around the room here, and I won't name them all out, but individually, you or someone associated with you, we've had either tragedy, loss, health failure, the list goes on and on and on, have we not? So how do we bounce back? How do we live that resilient Christian life? How do we as individuals, families, and the body, the church, continue with resiliency in the day which we live? We didn't even get into all the, the politics and the just overall morality of our society. Uh, I mean, we, the list could go on. But here's how we can do that before we even read the text. We can do that by understanding who we are, focusing on whose we are, and continuing by what will be. So let's look at our text. We're going to read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Let me get there myself. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for that You put Your encouragement for us in the Bible that we may know it, process it, meditate on it, and live it. Not because we can, but because You live through us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, the overall context here, you know, 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church uh, and the saints in Corinth. And, and basically, he's under immense amount of scrutiny and criticism, and they're telling lies about him. Of course, he's, he's physically abused, and he's defending the ministry of him and his co-workers, co-workers to spread the gospel. Uh, he, he reveals that, look, the confidence is not in himself, but it's in God. It's, it, it's by grace. Uh, and the, the fact that they are spreading truth does not mean everyone will believe because they've been blinded. Look at verse 4 of the same chapter. In whom the God of this world... Who's the God of this world? Satan. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. 
lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, so, you know, nothing's changed then as it is today. The God of this world will blind some folks. That's why when you go witness to somebody and, and, and they come back with something that makes absolutely no sense to us, I mean, we're all trying to fill a hole, right? Everybody is born with a vacancy in their heart. And we're all trying to fill it with something. And until we come to the place where we know that that that. Uh, fulfilling is only going to be filled by a personal relationship with Christ, we search for this. We search for that. It might be about knowledge. It might be about an object. It might be about a relationship. But make no mistake, we are empty people that have to be filled with something. Look at verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. You know, Paul there, looking at the context... Uh, he says, look, I'm not promoting myself. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's about Christ. We need to understand this before we get into the actual uh, text that we have. But here, the immediate context is this. Look at verse 7. This is where we'll start. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the ex excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What treasure is he's talking about? The treasure he's talking about is we keep this treasure, that's, that's knowing Him, having a personal relationship with Him in an earthen vessel. You know, we're, we're brittle, fragile clay. That's what that has the idea of, the earthen vessel. And the reason he uses, that's, that's his plan, is to use weak, frail people jars of clay that we are, to promote Himself through us. So, we don't get the glory. He gets the glory for everything. So the immediate context is, look, we're nothing. He's everything. The power is in the Lord. But look, at back, look back at verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, why verse 6 is important, and really never looked at it this way, you know, every, every group of people uh, have kind of a motto or, 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 or a culture. You know, I would say in the United States, you know, we talk about freedom a lot, right? I mean, we're, we're free. Thank the Lord we're free. Uh, well, in, in the Old Testament... The Hebrews, they talked about light a lot and being enlightened. And the Greeks, they, they talked about knowledge. It was all about what I could know. And then the Romans, they were all about power and glory. So now look at verse 6 again. For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light. He covers them all right here. Give the light, the Hebrews, of the knowledge, the Greeks, of the glory, the Romans, of God, not in something, some, or, or, or uh, knowledge, but in the face of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, listen, to all the people, different people groups, it's not about what you think it is. Again, we're trying to all fill, fill the hole with something, but it's about the person of Jesus Christ and relationship with Him. So having that immediate context, now, we have this treasure of knowing that. 
When I say we, if you've put your faith and trust in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, that's you. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and God raised Him from the dead, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. So at that moment in time, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. The Comforter has come. We are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, we are indwelt how many times? One time. But guess what? Every single day, we need to be what? Filled up. We're indwelt one time, but many fillings. God does the indwelling. We have to yield to become filled. Okay, and that, that's what He's going to talk about right here. So let's see this morning how in the face of constant adversity, persecution, suffering, Paul continued with resiliency. Look at verse 8. The first thing we have to do is understand who we are. And I will tell you this, right off the bat, we're good at that. Okay? You know, it's kind of like when I played baseball in college. To be honest with you, it wasn't very good. However, I played in college. So, I had to be teachable. The reason I had to be teachable is because I messed up a lot. So, so I had to be coachable. Alright? So, so when you're coachable, you understand... The definition of being coachable is this. Once somebody doesn't have to coach you, you have become coachable. In other words, quit doing the same thing wrong the same time. Um, we are troubled on every side. Understand who we are. Look at verse 8. We're troubled and distressed. And we are perplexed. That means we're puzzled. Look at verse 9. Again, we're understanding who we are because that's the first step of resilience. Verse 9. We are persecuted and we are cast down. Persecuted unjustly. Now, you and I, we don't necessarily, and maybe you have experienced persecution. Obviously, there's all kinds of different types of persecution. Just because we're not burned at the stake doesn't mean we're not persecuted. I mean, being made fun of in the workplace is a form of persecution. Uh, being, being shunned for a promotion is a form of persecution. I mean, be, being left out of something is a form of persecution. But now we're not persecuted like Paul and his co-workers. I, I mean, at this point, I don't have to worry about witnessing somebody and then, and then pulling out the gun and whatever. But who knows? I mean, look around us. It's not that far away. Persecuted. Cast down in verse 9. Again, understanding who we are. Look at verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Look at verse 11. For we are always delivered unto death. Look at verse 12. So then death worketh in us. Now, if we stopped right there, understanding who we are, what I meant by that is, is we're, we're good at that. And the reason we're good at that is we understand it's by grace. We, we offer absolutely nothing. Would you agree? 
However, if that's where we stopped, is there much hope in that? There's not much hope in that, just understanding who we are. How, think about how you got saved. Did you just say, I'm a sinner, I'm on my way to hell, and stop right there? No. No, you, you searched out the hope. Where's the hope? The hope's found in, hey, but God commendeth His love toward me, and while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And then He got up out of the grave, and, and, and I can be saved because of what He did on the cross, and in the tomb, and in the resurrection. So if, if we stopped right there and just understanding who we are, it's not a, a, a very positive experience. And again, you, we're not looking for an experience and I get all that. That would be called white-knuckle Christianity. Hey, I'm just hanging on. I'm going to hold on tight. I'm in, I'm, I'm in despair. I'm cast down. I'm not worth anything. I am a, a worm. Are we? Absolutely. But if we stop there, there's no hope in that. What kind of witness do we have if that's what we get out of those verses? Just to understand who you are. Just stay in right who you are. Is it true? Absolutely it's true. Is that being resilient though? No, that's not resiliency. Let's go on. So not only do we need to understand who we are, we need to focus on whose we are. Does that make sense? Understand who we are because that's truth, right? But our focus can't stay in who we are or you'll live a defeated Christian life. How many of us do that? I do it from time to time 100%. 100%. But we got to focus on whose we are. Because it doesn't end right there. Now back to verse 8. He says, We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, yet not in despair. We are persecuted, he says, but we're not forsaken. We are cast down, but we're not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. He just talks about, hey, we got to die. I die daily. And we, we focus on carrying our cross, but read the rest, the rest of the verse. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Hey, Jesus lives so we can live. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. We can't do the Christian life, but Christ in us can. So he's saying, hey, don't focus on the dying. Focus on the, the living and making manifest. That means to make Jesus alive in your life. Verse 11, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also a Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So it goes on and on and on. Verse 12, Then death worketh in us, but life in you. He's saying, look, it's not about me, it's about you. Here's what I'm trying to get at this morning. We understand who we are, we're not worthy. We're fragile, frail, failed, sinful, saved by grace. 
But you know what? Be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. And I left you a comforter that is indwelt inside of me. And the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives inside of you. So that's on our way to being resilient. Jesus' life manifests in us. He says, look, we're not crushed. We're not abandoned. I'm not demolished. Christ lives in me. But this focus, whose choice is that? Whose choice is, is what to focus on? Whether we're dead with Him or live with Him. You know, you hear people say all the time, oh, I'd die for Christ. He just wants you to live for Him. You know what I mean? Hey, so, so, so who's in charge of the focus? Us or somebody else? We all. It's our, it's, it's our responsibility as to what the focus on. Absolutely, it's true that we are unworthy. That's how we got saved. Because if we, if, it, if we thought there was anything good about us, we'd never been saved in the first place. So we got to keep that mentality as we're set apart or sanctified in our growth. But the only way we're going to grow is because He lives. All right? Is this preaching or teaching? <laughs> so anyway... So we got to realize who we are. Focus on whose we are. Hey, and if you need to find out whose we are, go over to Ephesians 1 sometime and just read about the riches. I think it's Ephesians. The riches we have in Christ. And we're, seated, we're already seated in heavenly places. And we're accepted in the Beloved. And everything that Christ has done for us. But then thirdly, let me, th- let me say one more thing about, because I wrote this down, i got to say. What we think about will direct our decision making. I mean, you know, I mean, I know that's not a newsflash, but I'm telling you how simple our thinking life is, our meditation, what we think about on a daily basis, moment by moment, determines our actions and many times our attitude. Okay? So that's how important that is, on our focus. Thirdly, how are we going to live a, a, a resilient life? And we're getting it right out of the text. Have we made anything up, or is it right here in God's Word? It's right here. Continue in what will be. You say, what in the world do you mean by that? Well, I, I, I know who I am. It ain't much. But I know who He is. And I'm one of His. And now thirdly, I'm going to continue on what will be. Look at verse 13. We, that's He and His co-workers that are spreading the Gospel under all kinds of persecution, we having the same spirit of faith. Now, that's not a capital S. That's a lowercase s. So what they're saying is, look, we, we collectively, if I were talking to you all this morning, we collectively, we have the same spirit of faith. That means we agree on what we truly believe in, and what the, the, the person we have faith in. We having the same spirit of faith according as, as it is written. And then he goes on to, uh, to, to reference uh, one of the Psalms. As the psalmist has said in Psalm 116, he says, According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. 
And then Paul's saying, look, we also believe, and therefore we speak. You've heard it said, we behave what we what? Believe. So what Paul's saying is, hey, if you believe it, we believe it, we're also going to speak it. That's what we do. That's, that's, that's our goal. That's our end game. That's, that's what God has called us to do. I believe this, so, so, so now I'm going to spread it. And he did that pretty well, spreading the gospel. But look, look at verse 14. Knowing, again, continue in what will be. Knowing that He which raised up the Lord Jesus, what's the next word? Shall. What will be. He that raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. You know what that means? That means because Jesus got up out of the grave and He's sitting on the right hand of the Father, that means if, if we go by way of grave, He's going to raise us up again with Him. Or if He comes in the rapture, we're going with Him. Right? That, that, that's their confidence. That, they're, they're saying, look, I'm operating in the fact that I know who I am. I'm cast down. I'm frail. I'm clay. We're nothing. But, but the power of God is in us. He's put something in us. And I'm going to focus on whose we are in the fact that we're, we're, we're not... We're not destroyed. I mean, but what will be, here's my hope and my confidence, that even if the worst thing possible could happen and I lose my life, I am confident, and I believe this, and that's what I've been spreading, that Jesus got up, and guess what? He's going to raise me up with Him. That's what He's saying. That's resilience. That's how to bounce back. When the worst case scenario you think of in your mind happens, how are you going to bounce back? And I think that's what God's Word is teaching us right here this morning. Back to verse 13. We have the same spirit of faith. Faith, you know, I think Pastor Joe says, grace reveals, no, grace I can't remember. Grace comes before faith. I know that. But faith reveals itself by action. You tell me you believe something all day long, but until I see you do it, you really don't believe it. You know what I mean? Faith reveals itself by action. Hebrews 11.6. I'm going to read it to you. You don't have to turn there. But without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay? So so faith itself, faith faith reveals itself by action. Look at verse 16. We're about finished. For which cause... I better back up to verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. So after Paul is talking about, hey, worst thing that could happen, I'm going to be raised with him because he lives, because he rose up. Verse 15, he said, God's grace creates thanksgiving in our hearts 
which brings glory to Him for others' sakes. You follow me? He's saying, listen, this is why we do what we do. When we speak what we believe and what is true, and by grace people accept that by faith and get saved, that brings glory to God, which helps other people see that for your sakes. Okay? Should be our plan as well, by the way. Look at verse 16. And this is the verse of resilience. For which cause, the cause he just explained, we faint not. That means that's, that's why we don't lose heart. That's why we keep coming back. That's why we remain resilient. But though our outward man perish, wilts away, depleted, tired, frustrated, the inward man is renewed day by day. How many of you can relate to that verse? Things going on around us that uh, you're like, how? I mean, I just don't understand that. But yet, when we get into God's Word and we go to prayer and we realize who we are in Christ and what He's done for us, that's how we're renewed in our spirit. You know, it says in Romans, be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. So if we want to be resilient this morning, we have to understand who we are. I think we get that right. Focus on whose we are. And then we need to continue in what will be. And make you want to sing that song, What a Day That'll Be. Right? This is why we continue to bounce back and do what we do. We've not lost heart. Outly we're wasting away, but inwardly we are made new daily. Can I tell you though, if you're not resilient, if you hadn't been resilient, guess what? Resilient Christians struggle too. There's all kinds of examples in the Bible. All I can tell you is focus on God's promises and focus on God's presence. And whatever we do daily, don't be surprised as to that's how we react to what life throws at us. Because we're in a mess. But, in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. 